Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, our host each and every week is Catherine Ransom. She is the the subject of a wonderful documentary. You can see on visual ransom notes once a month, and, and please binge listen, or binge watch, I should say, to them. And, uh, you know, uh, we've we got to make sure that our our listeners, our regular listeners, get to see those visuals. It's uh, kind of distributed differently, but we've got to get you over there and see it. She's lovely. I'm not so lovely, but she is, that's for sure. And she's the author of Ransom Notes. And each week, uh, she she surprises us. And, well, it's not a surprise anymore, but she treats us to uh, to some free emails. And those are those are wonderful. And her thoughts on, on everything. She could turn an acorn into an oak tree within minutes. But Catherine Ransom, how are you? Well, I'm fine, thank you. This is a great fall day. Uh, the temperature is actually up into the 50s, and we're supposed to have a slightly warmer weather in the next uh, few few days. The leaves are starting to fall, and they're nothing like you have out in the east. But uh, we have some maple trees that really look quite gorgeous, and they have a way of dumping their leaves in a hurry. So it's uh, it's a great time to be in concordia village because i don't have to worry about the huge maple tree in our old home yard uh where it would dump one day and be beautiful one day and then there'd be this pile of orangey red leaves and yellow on the ground and i have a, a shot i took of myself lying down in a selfie lying down on the on the leaves and you know here at this place somebody else does the raking of the leaves so that's a, that's a good kind of thing yeah, oh no question about it. That's a that's a nice thing. Uh, you did you always do you and uh, Marianne did you do your own uh raking or did you bring other people in there or did you kind of make a, f- uh, a fun day out of it? Uh no, I we basically we basically did did them ourselves and I don't even think we ever really hired anyone to do leaves. It was sort of fun. We would bag them up and we'd take some to the woods and we'd uh send some in the garbage and or, and we'd put some in the lake, and some of them I think we maybe stuffed the mattress with because, you know, no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But uh, it, it, it was good exercise, and I sort of enjoyed being out there. And once in a while, we would use them to have uh, uh, a hot dog roast, which uh, is made me think about uh, uh, what happened last night, Frank. We were invited to a hot dog roast, an old-fashioned hot dog roast with uh, with friends, and uh, it included a, 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 great, a roaring fire outside, and it, it was it was a fun evening. We uh, the hostess was uh, supplying the hot dogs and the buns and the relish, and she asked uh, each of us to uh, invited each of us, I should say, to bring something to add to the dinner, and. Uh, one of the, I started calling it memories, uh, one of the guests brought homegrown corn that had been cut off the cob. And I just remembered that with such pleasant memories because uh, I've always liked corn on the cob cut off, almost more than just eating it off. I don't know what, it makes a difference. And then as I was thinking, I was remembering again, my memory turned on. My grandmother, one of them lived in Washington State. And we lived in Missouri, and for Christmas, they didn't have much money, 
she would send us a bag of dried corn and it would come and it would be our annual Christmas present. And my mother was so good about cooking it, making it in soup or letting us just eat it. So last night I was letting that memory go through my head as we ate some other things. And I had volunteered. This is another way to show off my non-cooking skills. I'd volunteered <laughs> to make a chocolate cake. And, uh, and, and I did it with uh, a box because that's good for people who aren't good cooks. And I had followed the directions. I um, greased the pan and put some flour on it. I dumped all the ingredients into the bowl, the cake mix and uh, the, the oil and the water and some eggs that had come from a friend who visited us from Missouri. And he had brought us two dozen of eggs that he had grown in his backyard with his chickies. And so that was sort of a fun memory as I think, oh, he was here and he shared his eggs with us and we were down to the last two or three. And then uh, I beat it up and I'm pouring it into the pan. The, the oven's been going and I pour it into the pan and I relook at the directions. Remember, I'm not the chef. I am not a chief chef. And it clearly says that it needs two eight by eight pans, not one. My batter is all in one. And the non-chef in me says, hmm, should I find another pan somewhere or do I gamble and see what happens if that cake is just in one pan? And the gambling Catherine said, hmm, I think we will see. I like thick cake. I like my chocolate cake sort of moist. So I left it in the pan, and then I nervously waited as the time went by, and I didn't know exactly how long to cook it since, you know, I was doubling the, the depth of the, the batter. And uh, so I stick it with toothpicks three different times, and it finally comes out dry. And you know what, Frank? It looked good. Yeah. For a non-chef. So then I spread my, you'll never believe it, my canned frosting. Yeah. I know. I, sh I should have made real frosting. <laughs> I know. I know. Chocolate frosting. And then I became slightly created and I sprinkled chopped pecans all over the top. And I added for decoration 12 little raspberries right on the top of my chocolate cake. Wow. So... So we, so it, it really, it really, and it did turn out nicely, and we we enjoyed it and so forth. But after we had finished, and this is where my story started. After we finished, we went out. We added the hostess provided marshmallows, and she reminded us that we were not to play swords with the hot dog sticks or the marshmallow <laughs> sticks, as we would have done when we were kids. Right, yeah. And so I get to do my favorite, and she was really doing this for me because we had had a breakfast when we were planning this party. And I said, oh, I remember that, what did we call them? The, they, were, they were not smoothies. What were the uh, graham crackers? S'mores. S'mores, s'mores, s'mores. And I said, I never wanted the s'more. I didn't want the graham cracker. I didn't want the chocolate. I just like to cook the marshmallow. And my favorite way is to let it get black, pull that layer off and eat it, put the, the marshmallow back in the fire, let it get black, 
eat the second layer and then finish up with the third. And so she knew I had that memory. And the gracious hostess that she was, wasn't it great? She provided marshmallows. And part of the group joined me. Nobody else burned theirs. You know, they all want it just nice and brown and soft. But for some reason, I just like, there's nothing else in the world I like that's burned. Why do you think I like marshmallows? I, I don't know. That's uh, that's interesting because you're watching it and, and you're doing it yourself. And it's, uh, it, you know, when we were kids, I think we enjoyed watching the, the colors change, you know? So it's white to to like a, a, I don't know almost like a little yellowy then brown and then a darker brown to black and and maybe do you I mean do you like the way that it tastes when it's burnt yeah I don't I, I really I have no idea but it's just <clears throat> one of those really strange things that I like I mean you know if my toast gets burned I you know if I'm at a guest I can eat it but you know that's not something I just set out to burn my toast yeah. and you know and if you fry something and it gets burned you usually sort of scrape it off and that is the one thing in my diet or the, you know that I I craved it I mean well not crave it but I just really enjoy it so I was so appreciative and then I thought, you know, the, the memories that were stirred. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the memories that were stirred with uh, this experience made me think about Moses and the children of Israel. Oh. And they're tromping across the desert for 40 years. What in the world of memories do you think those guys had? When you think that they ate quail, quail and manna, and they had water, you wonder, I have often wondered, did they roast the quail? Did they let the quail get burned? Would they pull the feathers? I have no idea what those early Jewish people would have done with the quails. Yeah. And I've never, I guess, never even really thought, did they have jelly to put on the manna? I doubt it. No, because, no, way. no, I doubt it. No I doubt way. it. Maybe figs, right? In the desert, are there figs and dates? Are there things like that in the desert? Dates. Well, you know that they were hungry and they were complaining to Moses that they didn't have any food. So I'm sort of inclined to think that, it, and I know I'm no historian, so you know somebody out there really knows. But I just know that they they claim that, you know they were complaining as sometimes human beings do is anyone in your family ever complained about the food yeah oh yeah but uh, you yeah. know they're pretty good the f four kids are pretty good and my wife's such a great cook and they're all good cooks so that we don't have a big complaining family but yeah people complain about food all the time right well that's sort of what they were doing and right. and god god listened and your wife probably listened to the kids and knew that they didn't care for ground angleworms but they preferred you know i don't know hamburger or meatloaf or or roasted chicken but and so god god gave them and maybe it wasn't their first choice but last night i had my first choice and i thought you know i just i just can believe that uh is that group of people were leaving and they had escaped egypt and they had memories about the struggles that they had in while while they were under the finger of the Pharaoh. Uh, they must have had mixed kinds of memories. And memories memories are really good 
Frank, I don't know. I, 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 I suspect you have memories about your kids and about your job and yep. about your own schooling. I, I don't know. What, what pops into your head when you have memories? I, well, I, I love it. I, I, I try to look for things that are going to bring memories. I, you know, there's something that when you, when you ask that, that pops in, and I, I, I won't go off on it because you can do a whole show on it, but there was a guy named Marcel Proust, and I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but he was a he was a novelist, and he he had writer's block, and he went to a wedding, and he took a bite of a Madeleine cookie, which is a you know cookie, a French cookie, at this wedding, and he hadn't tasted it in, since he was a kid, and when he took the bite, all of these memories flushed back to him from childhood, just the simple taste, one bite of a Madeleine cookie, and it's a famous psych- psychiatrical or psychiatric. Uh, study and uh, psychological study of Proust Madeline uh, moments, and I'm always looking for those moments. Like where you know, if I go back to where I was, I was raised, and I, I drive by there, and I hope that, and I go by when it's raining or when it's snowing or when it's hot, at different times, hoping for that Proust Madeline moment to to get memories. But I I love when when i remember something that i uh, that i forgot for a long time and and then all of a sudden it comes back to me i love that and i i actually look for those well and i think i think it's great that the lord gave us a memory uh and of course when we do the lord's supper on sunday uh in many of our religious groups uh, that's based on the thought that it's to encourage us, Frank, to remember the death in the, on the cross and the sacrifice that the Lord paid for, for us. And there the grape juice and the bread yeah. are bites of food that trigger should trigger our memory. So I guess it's sort of a natural kind of connection. And I really hadn't thought about that till we're chatting right here that, of that kind of connection with the Lord's Supper. Uh, so yeah. it's not unusual. The Lord was pretty creative when he made us. And um, uh, memories memories are good. And sometimes memories are sad. We all have sad memories. And, and that's, but even in those sadness, uh, it's still, sometimes you have happy thoughts amidst the sadness. And that's, Often when you've lost a friend or a relative or a loved one, it's sort of a mixed kind of memory. Um, but anyway, we had a, 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 an interesting thing happen. We park our car, my car, in the garage, which is under uh, the ground floor of the apartment building of which we were in. And the about a week ago, I drove in and in the parking spot next to me, is a vehicle covered all over with a tarp or a you know a car cover and my curiosity is obviously there and I peek under it just enough because I didn't want to get into yeah. trouble and, but I could tell by the the fender and the bumper that this was not a 2021 vehicle <laughs> and sure enough at dinner that night the people we were eating with said have you heard about the old car that so-and-so bought. And I said, oh, that must be what's parked next to me and covered all up. And further <clears throat> investigation, we find out that it is a 1931 Chevrolet. Oh my gosh. 
Wow. Yes, yes. And the other day, I we, we drove in. Of course, it's been all covered up, you know, with this little thing. The other day, the owners had just had it out for a drive, and it was uncovered. And we got to see the vehicle and chat with the owners. And in the course of the conversation, we find that his their grandson had found the car up in uh, southern Wisconsin, just over the Illinois border, and talked grandfather into coming up and buying this vehicle. And it is one of those little coupes, I guess, and it has a, um, a what do you call that, uh, when, when it has the little extra seat in the back. It's oh, not uh, a, a rumble seat. Rumble seat. A rumble seat. That's right. Rumble seat. And I had never really seen one up close. I said, is that trunk, I asked him, is that trunk by any chance a rumble seat? And he goes over and proudly pulls it open. And I think, how in the wide world do you get into it? There was a little teeny step about the size of a small uh, teacup plate that you could step on, climb over, and try to slide your feet underneath the seat in front and sit in this rumble seat. I would have died to have a trip in there, but I don't think at this age I could ever get in there. Oh. Have you ever ridden in have you ever ridden in a rumble seat? No, I never have, but I know uh, I, I when you were, when you were thinking of what it was, I was thinking running boards. Did it have because some some cars back then, big cars, had running boards where you could kind of jump on the side of it. And rumble seat was uh, uh, the the uh, the two things from back then that they uh, that they had that we don't have now, uh, running boards and rumble seats. But I've never been inside one. I've seen cars with them at shows. You know, people bring them at, sure. to different shows. But boy, that's a treat. It's a treat to you know to lift up that lift up that uh, out of curiosity the the top and uh, and see something like that what color was it was it um... Uh, it's a couple shades of well some people say it's a couple shades of blue and someone else says it's a couple shades of green and then the so you know those colors can sort of blend and then there was yellow trim on the on the tires uh sort of like not a hubcap but sort of a, a a rim around the that was bright yellow and it back and behind the rumble seat was this wonderful I don't know that if it's leather or not, but it's leather looking like. And I ask him if that's where he put the, the wiggly kids in there. And he assures me that that's where you put your luggage in this sort of giant like suitcase fastened on there. And really, the step to get into the rumble seat was really just about the size, honest, of about the, the size of a small plate that you put under a coffee cup. And, and it... I don't believe there was a, I don't believe there were running boards, period, in the car. And I guess I didn't look that that closely. I was too busy investigating other aspects. But this this car obviously had been well taken care of. I am guessing that the word that I would like to use for today is it was restored. And making my Christian connection... That's exactly what happens when the Lord comes into our life. He takes an antique car or life, and that antique car or life may only be 12 years old or it may be 92 years old, and he helps restore it. And as we go into a relationship with him and we let his love encompass us, 
He polishes up not necessarily our physical body, but he polishes up our soul, our mind, our way of thinking about people. And no, I don't have a rumble seat, but I do have arms that can help encompass other people to come and join in with the Lord as we share love and care about each other. And Sunday, some old friends came back to church that I hadn't seen in a long time. And wow, it was nice to have two gigantic hugs. Uh, And that's the way that now I need to keep that restored life or car, just as I know the owners of the ninety the nineteen thirty one Chevy are going to keep that car sparkly bright. It got it. They 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 have the current car outside, and they have the antique car inside. Can you imagine? And so that they can keep it protected. And that's exactly what I have to continue to do: is let God's arms be around me, or around you, or around our listeners so that we are protected and that we don't slip back into an antique uh, out of love, out of connection with the Lord. And isn't it strange how we can do something with an analogy with a car and our own lives? Like I said, an acorn into an oak tree, and I never would have thought you were going there, but you're absolutely right. And it's it's actually a... it's an excellent example. It's excellent and a, a wonderful uh, analogy, right? If it, you could see that same car somewhere in this world, uh, all beat up, all, you know, rusted and all whatever, and it's the same car. It really is the same car. It's just not been taken care of. And it's the same thing. You know, you could see someone your same age that you grew up with and you went to high school with or I went to high school with, and we could run into them, and they could be angry, mean, uh, uh, detached, um, uh, you know, just disengaged uh, with people. And, uh, and they are the equivalent uh, of, of the rusty old folk. And that's not, I'm not being judgmental, but that happens when you let your soul go dark or you become too cynical and you become too angry at everything. Uh, right? I mean, that, that happens to people. Absolutely, positively. Well, I have I, our time is running out, but I've got one last quote I want to give you that somebody sent me the other day. Do you do you know that people are like tea bags? Mm. Have you ever thought about that? No, I, I, well, I I never have, and I'm trying to figure out where you're going. <laughs> go go ahead. <laughs> if you want, if you want to know what's inside the tea bag. You have to drop it in hot water. Ah. Ah. So, if you really want to know what's inside of people, we have to have sometimes hard, tough, hot water type problems, challenges. And that's when the true Kathy comes out, or the true Frank, is when... It's one thing that everything is going smoothly and you can smile and you can be friendly with everybody that you're around and you don't yell at the kids and you do your job and you are whistling a happy tune like the seven dwarfs, whatever. It's when things, when the COVID sets in, when health issues challenge you, when you lose the job, 
when one of the children is seriously hurt in an accident, when tensions are between a husband and a wife or a friend, two friends, or the boss and an employee, and things get just a little touchy. And that's when sometimes you find the real true person. And I know in my own life, I'm one person until I get really frustrated and then I lose I, I, I lose control of all the things I sort of say and I sometimes say unkind things. And that's when the true when my quote teabag personality gets in hot water. I sometimes forget that I'm supposed to be a Christian. It's one of the things I'm really trying to work on in my own life. But we all need to be like tea bags. And we need to make sure that the best taste comes out when the water gets hot. No. Incredible. That's Incredible. that's the end of my day. Oh, listen, what a what a wonderful analogy. And I I didn't know where you were going. I, I and I always you figured after all of this time. I would be able to predict what you're going to say, and I, I can hardly ever predict what you're going to say. <laughs> how about that? How's, how was that nice? And uh, and just it's wonderful. And uh, to the listeners out there, you've been listening to our host each and every week, Catherine Ransom. She uh, she was the, the subject of an extensive radio series before starting her own show and uh, radio show slash podcast, and uh, she's wonderful as you can hear. Catherine, I mean, it's uh, it, the the example of that is just great. When you say when you're in hot water, I I wonder if you know, like younger people have heard that expression. Boy, I'm in hot water. I'm really in hot water, and you know that always means I'm I'm uh, you know I'm in trouble. You know, I'm I'm in trouble. I'm in hot water. So how do you react? Do you lash out at people? Do you whatever? If if you lay back, and and say, okay, you know what? This is a bath. It's not hot water. I'm going to get calmer and calmer and calmer. And I'm going to remember my scripture. I'm going to remember my my training as a Christian. I'm going to speak to my, my father, the Lord, and I'm going to get through this. And people, you know, there's examples all throughout the Bible, uh, New Testament, Old Testament, of people getting through the most difficult periods of time, never mind our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what, what he had gotten through and, and it ended in his, in his crucifixion. But what came from that crucifixion was uh, the, the most beautiful gift that anyone could give and it's, uh, that's life and him uh, opening up the Lord's kingdom for, for all of us. And, and I'll tell you what, when you talk about being in hot water, uh, you could find great examples in the Bible. Catherine, uh, wonderful, wonderful as always. Thank you very much for sharing. And uh, and listen, take care of yourself. Enjoy your hot dog roast. Uh, the next one that comes up, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the marshmallows there and, and let them burn. Just let them burn and, and eat them up and just enjoy yourself. Every moment of every day, all of us should, should be enjoying it. I hope that, uh, uh, you don't have to burn your marshmallows and that you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. And, and just in closing, uh, right before we started, uh, 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 Marianne, 
Catherine's roommate had said that with marshmallows, I know this too, marshmallows are sometimes used as bait for alligators and just to see them, not to catch them or whatever. But, but people, and, and it, you got to be careful, right? Obviously, you don't want to play with alligators. But I remember as kids uh, being in Florida or South Carolina, and, and the kids would throw marshmallows at the, on the top of the water, and they'd come up and they'd, and, and they'd show themselves to eat the marshmallows. And I, I knew exactly what she was talking about, as she mentioned in the background. Frank McKay signing off. Uh, Ransom Notes is the name of the book. It's the name of the the visuals you got once a month. Watch them, uh, and and please binge listen to everything that we've done here. And you know the radio series before, but more importantly, buy the book, and the uh, the you know get the the lessons that are sent out every week. She's just wonderful. Catherine Ransom is our host each and every week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.